Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 to get 25% off your order and free shipping. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> we doing good. Hare mai. Tamariki ma. <laughs> Just been in New Zealand for the weekend. I don't even know what that means. I think that means welcome children. Well, hare mai means come here. Come, it's, it's come here children then. You know how, you know what that's from? What? Susie Cato? Yeah. She taught everyone in New Zealand te reo. Yeah. Our age. Is she still around? Probably. She was the goat. Don't know. Yeah, she don't was know. huge for the culture. Blonde white lady. Good. Mm, loved it. Good. I love when I see things come up about like people getting roasted for not saying the words properly or not um, pretending like they don't know what they are or like acting like they, it's stupid to have to say the words. Anyway. No, I feel you. I feel you, brother. All right. What's everyone been up to? Yes. Well, like I said, I was in New Zealand for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had young Theo Maddox. Mm, the mad scientist The milkman The mad scientist <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, he, he competed um, uh, As a 20 year old now he's, a, he's an old man Compared to last time he competed uh, Competed at the At the ruthless Barbell defiance meet In Tauranga uh, And he went 1012.5 Insane Which is annoying Because I totaled that <laughs> Equipped And in wraps <laughs> And he did it as a 12-year-old in sleeves. <laughs> as a 12-year-old. <laughs> uh, so well done, Theo. Amazing. Um, he, becomes, uh, he becomes the 8,000 kilo total for zero in the last 10 months, which is wild. Uh, three of those were done by Joseph Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> but he is the first one to do it in sleeves. First to do it in sleeves, youngest to do it. Uh, so wild, wild lifting by Theo over there And Mike from Ruthless uh, He's done the coach development course He's um, I've been friends with him for a long time And he's a great guy And he's running a great show over there So well done to Mike and the team For the for the competition that they put on uh, But yeah, that's what I've been up to And getting ready for nationals this weekend Yeah What about you guys? CJ um, Not too much really I guess Yeah, just In a way Kind of prepping for nationals Getting ready uh, Media wise um, that's it, really. How many views is your reel up to? Fifteen k, I it think so. Yeah, I looked at it a few days ago. It was like fourteen. I knew he was acting different when he walked <laughs> in. Yeah, Fifteen point two viral guy. Wow. Yeah. Viral guy. Nice. <laughs> he had a little bit of a, a pep and a step mm. when he walked in, eh? Yeah. So that is a competition. Um, oh. Yeah. One of my mates begged me. They announced it before I went to the Philippines. But I was like, oh no. And yeah, uh, it's his mate's company that's holding this comp that you have to use their song you have to use the color yellow and it has to be a minute long oh. and yeah make whatever and i was wondering about the little like lightning things you put on because i feel like that wasn't really your style no not at all and not so all. that's obviously how you got the yellow in yes yeah and then yeah well hopefully i win the <laughs> what's the comp um the winner gets 5k um, second place. Uh, so the co- the company that's holding the comp, they're called Audio Sugar, and they are like one of those places where you p- pay a subscription and you get to use all their music in your videos. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so second prize, you get like a personal track made for you. And then third prize, you get a year free subscription. So And what what's the competition? Like it's a creative video? Or yeah, literally just make a minute reel using the color yellow. And then they gave me three tracks to choose from. Yeah. And I use, I think, two of them. Yeah, sick. So... Have I don't, you, I don't have know you seen any of the other entries? I have. I have. Where do you think you stand? Be um, honest. <laughs> um, I don't know. You're smoking. Though. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can <laughs> yeah. tell by the smile. On yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's hard because it, it's not, it's chosen by the people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But you are for the people, CJ. I am. <laughs> I'm the people's champ. You are. That's right. <laughs> so I've, I have one question about the real. There's a scene or a, a, a quick clip where it's just filming the revs. Mm-hmm. Were you driving when you did that or were you just sitting down and revved it up? I was driving and a mate was filming. Yeah. A mate was filming. <laughs> yes, yeah, a mate. <laughs> a mate. My left hand. <laughs> I reckon CJ said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> driving with his well, knees and I put my foot down 180. <laughs> if there's any man that can say that, it's you, CJ. <laughs> a beautiful man of God. Uh, well done, man. When do, when do you find out the results? I, I don't know. They've um, they've now started to post the reels. We'll find out when CJ doesn't show up to work. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see. He's won we'll 5K. Yeah. Doesn't need a job anymore. <laughs> Retire. Oh. What have you been up to, James? Me? Not much. Uh, week four, broken rib update was on Sunday. Slowly starting to train a little bit harder. Just a little bit. Uh, that's it. I've How many been- days a week are you training? I don't know, maybe... It's like three, isn't it? Or more? No, nah, it's almost every day. Really? Yeah, nice. just doing three or four exercises every day, trying to keep me sane. I'm just trying to keep my step count above uh, uh, 10,000 because apparently that's the magic number we use in the fitness industry. Mm. Um, <laughs> nice. But it's actually pretty good. It's actually, when you're... I don't know about you guys, but I've never actively tried to hit 10,000. I've always just been really active, like running and playing sports or whatever. So I've never had to try. But this is the first time I've had to try, and it's actually quite hard. I've never counted my steps. Me uh, Like the only time I've seen a step count is when I'm with someone else who's counting steps. Mm. Yeah, right. So like in, in Turkey on one of these, we hit 40K. That day was fucked. Yeah. yeah. That, that is hectic. <laughs> that was that a big day. day. <laughs> I, I think, because my walk in the morning is about an hour and 10 minutes. And then I, I walk quite a bit around here. I reckon I probably cra- crack maybe 12K a day, something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's if you walk an hour and 10, that's quite a lot. But um, 40K is nuts because on my days where I do long runs, like if I did like a 30K run, my step count would be about 40K by the end of the day. Yeah. I think I would have done that every day when I worked in the hospitality industry. Because you were going up and down stairs as well, right? It was hell. I couldn't Stuff put on weight. I couldn't gain any weight. I was about five kilos lighter than what I am now. It was Yeah, it was hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Bridget, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, me... Not much, just really loving training, still pushing accessories and my SPD variations. But um, I'm getting a new housemate, very excited. She's moving in in a few weeks and that's about it. I'm going on, actually, no, I booked an astronomy night. Oh, going, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's um, going to be on the winter solstice, which is like the longest night of the year. Yes. And you go out, they organise these nights, they bring telescopes and you get to look at everything that's happening in the universe and they give you a star chart and is it local or do you have to go no it's local oh, yeah nice. it's, they're held in different locations like once a month 
It's coming up soon, isn't it? End of June? Mm-hmm. In like two weeks, less than two weeks. Yeah, nice. Ten days, I think. So yeah, I'm pumped for that. That's about the most exciting thing that's happening in my life at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. And just watching lots of movies. Yeah. Mm, when yeah. I saw the news. Thought, thoughts on 2001. Um, what a cinematic masterpiece. For its time, I can see why it would have been so incredible because it was filmed before the moon landing. So like to see something to do mm. with outer space would have been pretty mind-blowing and also to do with AI as well, which would have been a big thing was back then. I didn't realise it was that old. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost 55 years old. Mm. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. it's a what? real slow burner. So you got these really long panning shots that go on for like five, six minutes at a time. So It definitely was a hit of its time. Um, mm. And have you – I don't know if you guys have seen it, but have you guys – there's lots of conspiracies behind it as well. So oh yeah, wasn't David telling you something? Yeah. The, so the name of the computer is HAL, H-A-L. You've seen it, Thomas? No. Okay. Um, so the name of the computer is H-A-L and it's AI. And they reckon back in that it was a stab at IBM because IBM was, you know, they were big in the computer space, big in the technology space, and they were kind of taking over. And I guess this is around the period where, like, you know, we still do it today. We're like, oh, no, technology's taken over. Soon we're not going to uh, whatever. Um, so they reckon it's a stab H at IBM because H-A-L is the second letter, is the letters next to IBM. Yeah, of course. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Of course, David has like a, a back pocket conspiracy theory. He's got theory. a conspiracy oh. theory for everything. <laughs> I love listening to w- his Wilcock? conspiracy theories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ask him about it. He's all. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, this is really random. Uh, we're going to get into some powerlifting stuff soon. Did you, <laughs> any of you guys see my story this morning? I thought it was fucking funny, and no one responded to it. About the coffee? No, no, no. I when I filmed it, him and Daryl talking. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Are you working it. hard or hardly working? That's a classic line, eh? It's idiot. a classic, yeah. like, yeah, it's a boomer joke. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else yeah. thought it was funny. I was like, fuck, all right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I thought it was funny. I just didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet, so I'll laugh react yeah. for you. And I cut you off, Bridget, but you were about to say something about Spider-Man. Oh, no, we just went and saw the latest um, Spider-Man. So good. Is it Into the into the Spider-Verse or yes. Across the Spider-Verse? Across. 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 Mm. Yeah, unreal. So unreal. Spoilers. No spoilers haven't seen nah, it. don't yeah. worry. But even because there's lots of people that are put off, uh, deterred from seeing it because it's animated. If Even if you no. don't like animated. Mm. Watch the first one. Yeah, no. It's this on is Disney right now. Watch the first one. Yeah, this mm. is unreal. Do yourself it's a favor. It's on Binge as well. We found it on Binge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, do yourself a favor. It's so good. Um, what we're going to do today, we're going to do things a little bit differently because we talk shit for majority of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So this week we're going to do the powerlifting strength training stuff first. Nice. But nice. before we rip into that, CJ, what are you grateful for? Actually, no, you're going to go last. Bridget, <laughs> Bridget, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for my health because it seems every time a competition comes around, I get a cold and I have a cold again. <laughs> and So I just, yeah, I should be good by this weekend though. Uh, I just don't want to yeah. lose my voice. Beauty, she's calling sick. Hang on, I gotta make a call. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what she's doing? She's setting up the Sunday sicky. That's what I reckon. So she's gonna act like she's a real nah, trooper. I'm going. I'm going full Wilcock on this one. I reckon you're fine. You've somehow orchestrated so you can be like, oh, bro, caught something. I was, I was in the car with Bridget. I'm not feeling so good. I reckon it's actually you planning the whole thing. It's you. And Bridget's taking the rap it's for it. Uh, <laughs> we are. Uh, to be continued, you'll All find right. out. <laughs> James, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for uh, nationals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm grateful because it's like, I don't know, everyone's kind of fired up about powerlifting. It's for a lot of people the biggest comp of the year. 
um, it's just a cool time to get together and kind of, you know, we're all in the, it's a big weekend, so we're all in the trenches together. Um, but I'm just grateful for it. It's fun. It's, yeah, it's, it's just a great weekend. Mm. Mm. Comp week's always exciting. It's mm. always a really good vibe in the gym too. Everyone maxing out together and yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. I'm mm. very excited. I just, uh, yeah, I'll talk about my athletes competing soon. Sweet. CJ. Um, my weighted blanket. <laughs> I've said it before, but now that it's really cold, I freaking love it. I it's so good. Nice. Yes. I'm very, yeah. I've been sleeping so well now that it's cooler. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's much better. I still sleep with the fan on and like out Same. of the covers half of the time. Same. Really? Yeah, and my apartment cold. never gets cold. Yeah. Oh. Never gets cold. Heat rises. Heat rises. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful for those that have walked before us. Like think of, like like um, James was just saying, how cool Nationals is. Competitions like this wouldn't be possible without all the people before us who have put hard work into making powerlifting a sport and running comps to model off and showing us how it can be done so we can reinvent the wheel, make things a little bit better and improve. Uh, none of this would exist without hard work of people who have come before us. So I'm grateful for that. Amazing. And that applies in every area of life. Mm-hmm. Solid. Uh Anyone want to kick us off with a quote? Oh. I'll, I'll jump in because my grateful comes from my quote. And my quote is, uh, oh, no, I've forgotten it. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with a guy called Jamie, uh, a, a guy called Jamie Beswick, who's a professional BMX rider uh, who was like the – he took the crown from a lot of the big names that you know, so Matt Hoffman and then Dave Mirror, and then it was Jamie Beswick. And Jamie Beswick accomplished on like the competition scale more than those guys before him. Uh, and his podcast was just really insightful, like really, really way more insightful than I expect from BMX. It's kind of like if you you don't really go listen to powerlifters for insight and life advice, you know, because most of them don't really have that. Mm. It's kind of <laughs> the same thing with BMX. Like most people come into BMX because they're thugs. Anyway, uh, he was just he was talking about the concept of we. Uh, oh, that's that's what the quote is then. It's like, there's no such thing as self-made. And I've kind of lived this in my head for a long time, especially when people put it on me, like, oh, you've done zero by yourself. No, I haven't. What are you talking about? And so, like, even if I rewind to when zero was just me running it, it's like I couldn't open a gym without knowing what a gym is, without knowing what it looks like. And so, like, he was talking about it in the context of, competing in a solo sport and if i apply that to powerlifting it's like even if you have no coach you coach yourself you figured out programming on your own you didn't you figured out programming on your own because you read and learned from other sources and then you figured that out and it's like if you're the best powerlifter in the world and you say you've done it on your own well you couldn't be the best powerlifter in the world without the bar and the weights like there is a we no matter what uh and i just really like that nice. that's really cool it's cool it's um so my quote is uh always remember that you're absolutely unique just like just everybody like else. else. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Nice. Classic. I like that. Damn, I posted about that once. Years ago, eh? Huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and th- when I saw it it reminded me of that cuz you know um in our sport everybody thinks they're unique. They think they do something a certain way because of I don't know, certain limb lengths or the way they're built and such. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And, yeah, you're not that unique. Everyone's <laughs> unique. <laughs> <laughs> what a great oxymoron. It's kind of, it's deflating and empowering at the same time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's like, well, I want to be different. It's like, well, you are, but you're in a category with everyone else. <laughs> so is everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're the same as everyone else, it's like, okay, all the struggles that you go through, all the pain that you'll experience, someone else has experienced that too. And so there is a way through that. Yeah. That's good. Um, what is mine? Uh, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> Vision gives pain purpose. When you know where you're heading, you can tolerate where you are. Nice. So, yeah, a bit of a motivational one. I saw Tom Hardy reposted one of my old um, quotes that I said, so we'll see if he – this is more down his alley. (laughs) You watch. You watch. Tom Hardy will win the Zero Pro and be like, CJ will make a post. You're you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I did that. (laughs) Mine's kind of similar to CJ's. Mine's just um, you are yet to experience all of your happiest days. Oh yeah, if you're going through a hard time, and mm. happier days are coming. Nice. Yeah. Solid. Very good. All right. Um, before um, we quickly get into some uh, the the topics, I just want to, Tom, bro, how many lifters do you have at uh, nationals? Uh, that's a good question. We got Kathy Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Olm is competing. Uh, I coach Jessica Kennedy. Uh, Jacob Tap. I think that's it for my people. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry if I've forgotten everyone. Any predictions on how they're going to go? Uh, good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this will be released the week after, so it'll be uh, yeah. pretty cool to see if these uh, predictions yes. come to fruition. Mm. Sorry, shouldn't be chewing this. I'm really excited to, well, I'm excited for all of them. Are you chewing on the thing he from always, the... Oh, my that. God, yeah. Thomas. That well, keeps your teeth strong. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if you're being you're legit not a, right Oh, now. you're not a dog. <laughs> Yeah, like, do you know, you want to know my sick justification. So <laughs> I genuinely do it because I'm like, well, if I don't do it, my teeth will be weak and then they'll break. You've uh, done that forever too. Like my whole life. Yeah. But I once saw a documentary of the old Inuit women chewing seal skins and they're like really old and half their teeth have fallen out and they're like, this keeps my remaining teeth strong. Okay. Fair enough. So for everyone Maybe listening they lost and not watching. Teeth. Don't Maybe they questions. lost their other teeth from chewing on it in the nah. first place. <laughs> it's, nah. from, it's from f- fighting with a polar bear. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's so good. All right, who, who you guys got? Um, I've got <coughs> Sue Harris, uh, Paris, and uh, Becky Hill. Yeah, so they're all going to smash it. Sue's been a, a little bit nervous, so all we got to do is keep her calm and she'll kill it. Paris is going to kill it. She's going to break another world record deadlift. And Becky, yeah, she's been killing it in training, so she'll do really well on the day. Solid. Just yeah. um, a reminder, there are no world records in APL. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Another national record. Okay, good. <laughs> um, who have I got? i got Matt Rodwell. He's going to – I my prediction, he's going to win overall. But Jacob Tapp could be a, a very close contender, I think. Their dots are very close. Mm, but they're both on Team Zero, Team Ground Zero, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, both those guys lift. Uh, Matt, I'm, I'm going to predict Matt Rodwell's going to squat and deadlift around 300. Ooh, and strong kid. Yeah, very strong kid. He'll PB everything. He's, his training's been going crazy. Uh, and he'll bench hopefully around 185. Far out. Mm, so In he's done so 82s well. 82s or 90s? He's a very small 90. He's a light 90. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And then um, i got Angus Roxborough, this this kid just keeps making progress. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for a big PB total. Hopefully get close to that 700. Um, it's just crazy to think. 
His first competition we did together, he totaled 587, and his third attempt squat was 207.5, and this was less than a year ago. And now at this comp, we're opening on 230 mm-hmm. or 220, I can't remember. Um, yeah, so he's made insane progress. Jasmine Tong, she hasn't been on board with Zero for that long, but she's made amazing progress as well, and she's had to work around a little bit of a back injury. Um, but I'm hoping for her, I'm hoping for a podium spot in the under 67.5s. Yes. And then uh, Drum Grumpy, <laughs> Big Dave. He uh, He's a legend. I love this guy. And he's just made insane progress as well. He, he loves it, eh? Yeah. Now, I, I want you to settle a rumour. Is it true that there's massive beef between Vinny and Angus? Because I've heard there's beef. <laughs> do you know, it's so funny because just just make it real, make it real. Yeah, I was about to say. Do you know what's funny? They both listen to this, so they'd both probably get really upset. They'd be like, "What? No, no, no! I didn't beef with them." Because they're both so they're sweet both and so wholesome. Nice. They're both. Nah. Like, I'm creating a beef between them, though. <laughs> yeah, Classic. you are. Because they're both uh, they're both under one tens, uh, and they're both gonna hopefully qualify for the zero pro, and they literally lift the same numbers. Which is nuts. One thing Vinny has got on his side is he's young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's built like a freaking... He looks like a god. <laughs> yeah. Adonis. Yeah, he's, he's unreal. So he's mm. got youth on his side. He's very athletic. So he's got a really good base. But Angus, he's, he's built like Tom Hardy in the sense that he's relentless. He's he, farm strong. Yeah. Mm. Angus ticks all the boxes. He's like Tom Hardy, legit. He wants just, it bad. Yeah, he wants it bad. And he's a killer. And he's got, the, he's got the biggest nuts when it comes to training. Same thing as Tom Hardy. You know how Tom Hardy will walk out of squat and he's about to fall over. He's like, oh, no, I got it. I got it. Tom Hardy. Uh, Angus. Angus is like that as well. <laughs> Love it. They're just, yeah, just an animal. So it'll be cool to see them two go head to head at uh, the Zero Pro. Yeah, well, Vinny, next time you're in the gym, come see me. I'll tell you what Angus said about you. <laughs> <laughs> See what uh, you think. So good. But um, so I just want to, this week we're going to do the powerlifting stuff first, like I mentioned before. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is why you should add tempo work into your strength training. Why I think tempo is, uh, should have a, a spot in anybody's strength training program is, uh, Thomas, you mentioned it this week as well, but um, it's really good at, uh, you know, fine tuning those motor patterns, uh, really good at dialing in technique. Uh, we often program tempo here at Zero. Like I'm, pr- I'm pretty much just repeating what Thomas said this week. But we program tempo not only on the eccentric but on the concentric as well because uh, like you see it quite often in the squat, someone's really good at holding position until they hit the hole. Mm-hmm. So we like to program tempo both ways so they can practice holding position through full range. Mm. Um, so it's really good for that. It's just really good for dialing in technique. That's uh, <clears throat> to an extent, that's the biggest reason why we, well, why I program any tempo work. But also it's just... It's hard. It's a way to make, you know, lighter loads uh, harder. It's more way challenging. To, yes, way to cre- uh, yeah, mm. make it more challenging. Time under tension as well is really good, if you know, for hypertrophy purposes. But um, that's the, for me, that's all I was going to say. It's the main reason why I program tempo stuff mm. for a lot of my lifters. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's just to make things more challenging to yeah, an extent. We, we spoke about it last week. Um, so we, we won't go too, too in-depth on the tempo side of things, but... <clears throat> just to reinforce what you said, we, we call it modulated intensity. So it's a way to make things harder without making them heavier, which is good for a number of reasons. It, it's really funny, actually. Like, you guys are really familiar with me programming lots of tempo or zero programming lots of tempo. I actually used to think it was the dumbest thing ever. 
I thought tempo work, I'd watch people do tempo work and be like, this is the biggest waste of time because of that reason. I'd watch people go slow on the way down, butcher the position in the hole, lose everything. I'm talking about a squat. And then explode up and just squat just as shitty as they normally squat. It was like, all you're doing is slowing. You're making it harder and then doing the same shitty squat that you always do. The thing that pissed me off about it is because I was focusing too much on what they were saying. And this has always pissed me off about lifting in general when you, you can say something and then just make it true. So they'll be like, oh, doing my tempo work for technique. Be like, for technique? You're just doing the same technique you always do. Just go heavier. That would be better that was my opinion and then i saw i don't know i can't remember why i was just like oh you know what we can actually use this concept of tempo and make it useful from what we believe technical practice is uh, which is why i go so strongly on the hey the concentric matters the transition between going down and up matters that's where things will fall apart when things are heavier because if i look at heavy lifts look at maxing out i'm like where do people often lose it? Where do people fail lifts? Where do people look? How do I analyze how someone's going to fail? It's all to do with holding position and where it goes wrong. And tempo is really great for that. And then reverse engineering that, I think back to when I first ever tried equipped uh, properly in like 2015, I would tell everyone, oh, equipped is, it's not actually more technical. It's the same technique as you do in raw. Uh, but I feel like my technique's better because of it. And so thinking on that, it's because you spend so much time thinking about where you are in space because it's so much slower. Uh, mm. So taking elements of understanding technique and then turning it into a positive for tempo has been really beneficial for us and our programming. There's, um, there's a really weird argument that's going around at the moment. I see <laughs> floating around Instagram quite a bit where you know people talk about technique doesn't matter that much because when they max out, they revert back to how they squat before. But I don't know what you guys think, but I completely disagree with that. Because when you see, uh, let's just use our lifters or your lifters that you use, uh, for example, Thomas, like when you see Joseph Whitaker squat a PB of 452, it doesn't look that much different to how his squats look at 180 kilos. Yeah. You know, you've got to practice those positions for longer periods of time and be exposed to holding those positions through said tempo work. And eventually the carryover is going to be quite significant. Mm. There's there's lots of layers to that, right? Because oh, yeah, I am cherry picking. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I completely get it, and I, you know, it's zero. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> it's just, people. There's a couple of things I want to take from that and like expand on. So one thing that's really annoying with social be media is like straw man argument. So making a statement true and then arguing against it, and in doing so, people let old ideas refuse to die. So the easiest example of this is. Typically, powerlifters don't actually care about that nutrition. They just think getting bigger is better. I don't think anyone actually believes that anymore. The only time that people say that or do that is when coaches that are trying to sell nutrition are like, hey, you have to care about your nutrition. So powerlifters are really bad at that. No, we're not. We're fucking awesome at that because we know that better nutrition, being leaner, maximizing your weight class helps you lift more weight and be better at lifting. Like that's way outdated. That's like 2010, 2006 kind of thinking and the same thing happens here with with exactly what you're saying uh is that you know people maybe 10 years ago five years ago were holding people back because they're like no we got to fix your technique before we can start to load it up i don't think anyone does that anymore like i genuinely don't think that there are people out there in our space like in professional powerlifting that are like oh you better slow down you better not do that because you're gonna you know reinforce bad technique so let's just keep it really light all the time i don't think anyone actually does that mm. and so people will put posts that oh you hi shouldn't hyper fixate on technique because you hold someone back 
we all train fucking hard. That's how you get stronger. Everyone knows that and everyone's doing it. So I lean a little bit more on the side of, I don't think that's actually happening that much anymore. But I do agree that you're not going to change technique with like 50% of your one rep max. There has to be some exposure to load because as you get closer to that, it's specific. However, you, you can... Um, you can find ways to make things seem heavier to parts of your body that are lacking. So like if Bridget's max squat is say 130, uh, that's her maximum capacity to lift that weight with the technique that she has. If we look at her squat and we identify, okay, your upper back is a weakness in the system, then that weakness will show up at a particular percentage. Let's say it shows up at 80%. That means 80% of her one rep max in true capacity is actually 100% of her ability to hold her upper back, which means at 60%, 20% less, that's more like, and this math isn't perfect, that's more like 80%, which is actually a really valuable training percentage for that particular part of her body. So if we can use things like tempo work, like long pauses, like conditioning phases where technique is a focus, then we can make impacts on these areas of the body that will translate to the top end. And I'm so confident in that because we do it all the time. So doing light technique work has a time and place. Where people go wrong with it is that they just do light work. As in, they're just like, okay, here's my one rep max. Here's light relative to that. Here's light relative to that one rep max. Therefore, I'm doing technique work. No, you're not. You're just squatting lighter. Like technique work is actually trying to change your position. So then it does impact the top end. And I mm. use it to make my lifters more aware of their position too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's more than just absolutes like that. Mm. There's so many like cueing things that you can go through, awareness things, just feeling things. Feeling is so much about technique and change and yep. performance learning how to feel things and mm. doing things lighter and slower is so great for that. There's more attributes than just absolute strength that lead to absolute strength. Yeah, obviously not every coach or everybody has a technical gold standard, but um, as soon as a lifter starts stops progressing, what's the first thing uh, coaches normally try to do? They yeah, try exactly. to fix their technique. Exactly. It's like if you placed emphasis on that at the beginning, you are... Uh, you know, you, you you might still run into these hurdles, but yeah, it makes uh it makes streamlining your athletes' progress a little bit easier if you're across it uh, right from the start. But um, so on that, a lot of people will say that, like a lot of people that you're talking about, as in like, don't hold people back, just let them lift. Technical breakdown is okay. Technical breakdown is okay. You're not going to explode. Mm. Uh, all I care about when it comes to technique is lifting weight. Is lifting more weight. Like Theo doesn't come and trust me as a coach because I'm saying this is the safest way to move the weight. No, he comes and trusts me as a coach because I'm like, I'm going to get you fucking stronger and that's what you want. That's what I want. That's what we all want. And a big part of that is how you move. So the, the, the coaches that don't have this idea of a gold standard, the absolute end of the road is just the one rep max. Whereas for me, that that's like a step. So you've got your one rep max. If there's breakdowns in that, I believe that there's a ceiling that we can climb towards by fixing technique, by getting on top of it. And the ongoing goal with any lifter under zero, the ongoing goal with any lifter who's trying to progress strength in general should be to close the gap between what perfect is and where someone is now. And that's not just an aesthetics because that will close the gap in terms of technical capacity, which is all related to your ability to lift weight. That's all I care about, lifting more weight. So like, uh, <clears throat> obviously we're all strength coaches. Uh, CJ, you're a strength trainee. 
Um, so we're all strength coaches. When someone comes to us uh, to get a program or get some coaching, what's the, what's the goal? To get stronger. Yeah, get stronger. Every single block you write them, the goal is still to get stronger. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything changes, obviously, other than your feedback. Like you, you want them to get stronger. So if they're not making a, if uh, visually at the start they're not pro- uh, making progress in terms of what you deem the ideal uh, gold standard of technique, it's uh, you're still gonna like to me. Sorry, this kind of doesn't make sense. In my head, it does. Uh, to me, you're still moving forward. Like, you're still trying to get stronger. Mm. The load still increases every single block. Well, no, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Over um, time, it still goes up. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you never, we've never ever placed an emphasis, like you've said, purely on technique. The goal still remains to get stronger. Yeah, and I think the problem is, is that people think you can't do both. Mm. People think you're either working on getting stronger or working on technique. No, fuck that. We're always working on getting stronger. And the way we're doing that is by working on technique. We're always doing both at the same time. And if strength isn't going up, then we need to fix something. And it, it, it exists in blocks. Like, what do you guys do with your technical approach when someone's in a peak? Do you go harder on it or do you pull back and just let them lift weights? I let them do their thing. Yeah, same. Just pull back and let them lift weights. Because mm. it's not the time and place to change yeah. technique. Mm. It's just about lifting weights. The last thing you want to do before a comp is change up someone's technique <laughs> yeah. if it's working. Or get know? them overthinking it. Like yeah, exactly. giving them 10,000 in cues when they're trying to do singles. Fuck that. Exactly. When you're doing singles, you're not thinking. You're just thinking, don't die. Your body goes yeah. into autopilot. Our yeah. job leading into that is to make sure the autopilot is the best technique yeah. possible. Fuck, I wish there was somewhere that people could learn about this kind of stuff. It's funny you mention that, James. <laughs> Zero coach development, of course. Do it. Is there an intake coming up soon? Yeah, end of June. Yeah, nice. End Sign up June. to it. It's really good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I sometimes, like, I made that post yesterday and heaps of zero people shared it as like, this is a great course. And sometimes I want to make a follow-up post to be like, hey, you know people don't share it because I'm telling my staff you have to share this. <laughs> They're actually doing it because they think there's value in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even tag you in it. I no. just share it. it. It makes me feel good. <laughs> so thank you. All right. Uh, the next thing. What to do if you're not recovering enough between sessions? Depends. Like, have you increased your dose recently? I was just going to say more <laughs> <drugs>. <laughs> Have you added a compound, taken something oh, away? That's what it is. Mm. Like CJ knows. Mm. Very well, firsthand. Have you used your CBD oil and your CBD balms? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Random drug test at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I want to find out what I'm on. <laughs> find out. I want to find out if my stuff's clean. <laughs> I want to see what it's laced with. Oh, gosh. Uh, Wait, have geez. you actually started on the CBD oils? Uh, I haven't, no. Oh. No, I just thought I chucked it out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh I was gonna. I was curious as to his <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that shit's any good. Well, before I knew Buddy needed surgery, mm. and like we were away, and it was just like he's in pain, and we don't know what's up. Uh, we gave him CBD oil. Yeah, us. yeah. How'd it work? Was it good? Nah, because his knee ligament is destroyed. <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, in pain, in terms of pain relief, it's hard to say because they can't tell you. Mm. Like, but he hasn't fussed about the pain. How um, do you administer it to him? It's just like an oral oil. Oh, okay. I, I know um, Alex had great results with his dogs. So many people do. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, dogs um, who have like seizures and stuff as well. It's really good for them. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I always hated it. I've only tried it a few times. Yeah? For sleep. What don't you and like it, make, it makes me sleep worse because like I measure a good sleep, not just by sleep, but by dreaming. Mm-hmm. It makes me sleep longer with no dreams, which sort of says to me I'm not actually going to REM. 
And I just, uh, anything weed related, even if it doesn't have THC, seems to make me super wigged out and paranoid. Yeah, well. Me, on the other hand, I, <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly see the, the positive side to it. No, I'm, I'm all for it if it helps people, for sure. Mm. Um, anyway, that wasn't quite the topic. <laughs> what, what was the topic? What, Recovery. <laughs> recovery. Well, what to do if you're not recovering enough between sessions? What would you say? Smoke more weed. Do more <laughs> Look drugs. Look the external no, no, no. factors. Yeah, yeah, Make sure you're eating enough. Make sure you're sleeping enough. Getting yes. enough water. You know, you're stressing yourself out at work. There are All lots. Yeah, there are lots of layers mm-hmm. to this. So let's uh let's remove the what Bridget's already mentioned. So we can take hydration. We can take sleep. We can take nutrition out of it. Is there anything else that could be hindering our ability to recover between sessions? Then it becomes about input. Mm. As in, what's your training? Yeah. What, what's your external stress? So like when you see, I'm just going to use a random example here. So there's multiple people in our gym that bench uh, multiple times a week. Uh, so if someone's benching four times a week, back to back to back to back, like what could be hindering their performance each session? For me, it's like, well, you've already benched four times this week. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling, uh, yeah, your output and you're, uh, you know, you're not really managing your volume and your intensity well enough. So it could be a programming thing. Yep. So if you are struggling to recover between sessions, you could, and you are in charge of your own programming, you could possibly sit down with a coach mm. and uh, go over and see if uh, have so- having someone else's input can always help. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm frequency is an interesting thing because it's it, it's kind of like inherently where we go more is better, like more is more. And it, we do it in everything in training. We're like, okay, well, uh, if I can do this much on the lat pull down, if I can do more, that's better. So we just add weight. And we do that in like micro and macro scales all over the place and frequency is one of them. And I mean, you can talk to Ben Polk, you can talk to me, you can talk to Stenzel. James and I were just talking about this downstairs about Shaco. There's one particular of the Shaco, one particular block of the Shaco um, like templates that were bastardized and that everyone followed 10 years ago where you benched eight times a week so that you didn't hear that wrong eight times a week it's like two three double sessions as in like three you'd normally split them up morning afternoon uh so there's six sessions a week in three days and then another two on top of that and i'm pretty sure stenzel myself and ben have all done that and we survived but it's not it's it's not you sustainable. find any benefit it's, to it no no, no. <laughs> i mean i've no <laughs> No, I wouldn't never do it again. <laughs> Did you have a, like a spike in progression when you started? It? Not really. No. <laughs> I had a spike in doms. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a measure of a good workout. <laughs> a spike in elbow tendonitis <laughs> as a 22-year-old. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, can you remember, <laughs> just randomly, can you remember when Max Aieda ran Shaco twice? Like he did double Shaco? Like at the same time? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know how he's still alive. Yeah, wild. I don't. I don't follow him anymore. Is he still around? I haven't seen a, his stuff in forever. Uh, that, I that used to love that guy. Yeah, he was the man. Yeah, and um, that's how I actually ran Smoloff the first time because I saw <laughs> him talking about it. Yeah. So yeah. I ran Smoloff back to back when I was in a moon boot, and um, I got really fucking strong. But yeah, I tore my pick, yeah. like just a really minor pick here. Um, but yeah, it was a lot. Like like you said, the the progress wasn't really uh it wasn't really. Uh, how do I say this? Well, like it's a short spike and a lot yeah. of it is because you stop putting effort into everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like 
if all of us just stopped doing squats and deadlifts for four weeks and only benched, our bench would feel way stronger. And mm. as soon as you add squats and deadlifts back in, it kind of equalizes and goes back to where it was. That's a lot of what the gains are in these like hyper specific, hyper frequent programs. Yeah, and it's it's funny now that I look back, it's like all he did was all I kind of did was just peak my bench. Yeah, you know, at the end of each block, it's like oh yeah, I can see how I made strength, uh, how I made a, uh, you know, progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, like Max, I had, I did a lot of crazy stuff, and I was, it's funny. Th- this morning, I came across Ben Rice, and you guys probably have no idea who Ben Rice. I is. I love Ben Rice. Yeah. Okay. Good. So Ben Rice is like the king of internet law, like for lifting back in the day, he was like the beacon. Uh, And I, I I stumbled on his Instagram page this morning and he's doing this thing where he's deadlifting 700 pounds every week for five years. And he's three years in. So three, 318 kilos is 700 pounds. He's doing it once a week, every week for five years as just like, here's how consistent I'm I'm going to be. And it's Ben Rice. Like, you have to love it because he's the most lovable person. He is. There. He was like the first guy to kind of, uh, was he the first guy on Twitch? Like in the powerlifting I world? think so. Like yeah. he was a, definitely an early adopter. Yeah. He's the man. This is this guy got sponsored by Animal. Uh, do you know what Animal is? Yeah. Mm. Like Animal was like the, the company you wanted to be sponsored by. And he turned it down. He's like, I can't in good faith keep this sponsorship because I feel like I don't use their supplements enough. Wow. That's the kind of integrity Ben Rice has. He is a very lovable bloke. Eh? Very lovable. Yeah, wow. Who else did- like, wait, I got to keep going about Ben Rice. <laughs> is, is he still around? Is he still current? Like, is yeah, he- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's honest. This guy like sings in a choir with the most angelic voice you've ever seen. Mm. Really? I'm all about Ben Rice. He is the man. I love it. He was, uh, I don't know if he still does. Does he still compete in the 93s or 105s? He definitely looks about the same size. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was the man. Um, who else did something crazy like that? Chris Duffin? He scored a 900 pounds. Yeah, for, something stupid. For a whole month? Yeah. Every, every day? Yeah, every day. Yeah. For a whole month. <laughs> Could you imagine walking to the gym every day knowing you had to put 900 pounds on your back? I, like that sort of stuff is just like the canary in the mine because- if that kind of person can still be alive on the amount of drugs you'd have to take to sustain <laughs> that, we're all going to be fine no matter what we do. <laughs> yeah, he didn't ex- he didn't explode, so he's still around. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So good. Um, but, yeah, so we've uh, kind of covered the – Well, just to tie that off, like that's, that's where I would end up is like if all recovery factors, sleep, nutrition uh, are all perfect – and you're still not recovering properly and all stress factors are accounted for, it's your programming, 100%. Mm. Make sure you implement a deload week if you're not already. Mm -hmm. Deload weeks are stupid though, eh? Yes. (laughs) They're not stupid. Waste time. Yeah, do them. Do your deloads. Um, All right, what have I got next here? How to hit PBs weekly in your training. (laughs) Are we just talking SBD or? It could be anything. What do you guys think? There should be a question straight away, which is should you be hitting PBs in your training every week? And the answer is no. (laughs) Yes, the answer is no to an extent. Yeah. Like, I mean, think of it like this. If you're you're trying to push an extra rep, an extra set, an extra bit of weight on an exercise, any exercise, doesn't even have to be the main lift every week, that would be like... Usain Bolt trying to sprint faster every week. Like there's a point where it's just not going to happen anymore. Mm. And so you have to be able to stand back and look at the bigger picture and be like, am I progressing over time at what I want to progress in? 
because that's what people lose sight of. It's like, really want to get my bicep curl. I'm not, I've stalled in getting my bicep curls up heavier or adding a rep or whatever. It's like, is your goal only bigger biceps or is your goal to stand on stage and to place at a bodybuilding show or to get on a powerlifting platform and win? Are you working towards that as a whole? That's what you need to focus on. Yeah, so the reason why I ask this is I've got a client and a good friend, Nikki Huzar, who trains like, yeah, uh, Nikki. she trains very hard and she she's uh, prepping for a bodybuilding show. I think she's 20 weeks out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she gets a little bit upset if she's not progressing each week and load. And I said to us, I said to her the other week, I was like, if you, I'm not saying her deadlift's dog shit, she's got a great deadlift. But if you deadlift with really shitty form, but the weight goes up, it's like, did you really progress? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. you know, there's other ways in low, absolute load on the bar to measure your progress. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like I think, yeah, like so, yeah, there's other ways you can measure, there's other ways to measure progress. You might have got one more rep, yes, that's progress. You might have lifted five kilos more, that's progress. But also being able to deadlift pain-free that session, that's also progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be... Uh, technical yeah. progressions, being able to hold your position better than you did the week before. And 100%, mm-hmm. and what does that lead to? Ultimately, that leads to... And the future, like like we've weight. talked about being uh, trying to think long sighted, just gonna that, then it's gonna come. You're gonna get stronger mm-hmm. over time. Mm. I think it can be really hard with accessory work, especially because you can make these micro changes without realizing. And the easiest way to make these micro changes without realizing is by increasing the load but decreasing the range. And so, for myself personally, and I try and build this into the notes in my programming for people, is. Um, missing things like, uh, or, or not or having parameters that people can adhere to every week. So for example, when I do a lat pull down, I try and pick a, uh, an implement where I can go through a full range and touch my chest. So if I don't touch my chest, I'm like, I skipped that rep. I didn't do the same quality rep as the quality of the rep that I'm looking for. And I try and set parameters for that. Like in, in dumbbell press, if you don't touch your chest, you don't actually know what range you've gone through and it'd be easy to increase the range and just like decrease, uh, sorry, increase the weight and decrease the range by an inch. So if you touch your chest every single rep, you know, okay, I'm going through the full range and now I've added weight, therefore I've gotten stronger. So try and try and build parameters into the accessories that you do so you know that you're doing the same movement every single week. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you, when's the last time you've seen any of my programming, Thomas? Uh, recently, recently. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a big notes guy. Yeah, because um, especially for people that you know don't have a comp in mind, like training can get a little bit monotonous. It can at times get boring, and these people obviously you can't help but you lose sight of uh of the bigger picture. So what I like to do is obviously implement lots of notes and you know give people things to work towards on every single accessory, whether it be just like an AMRAP on your last set, but emphasizing holding this position or something like that. It really keeps people you know zoned in on what what they're trying to achieve and it, it just keeps makes a huge difference it just mm. keeps things yeah. interesting for sure everyone wants a goal mm. yeah absolutely um i have a question and since we're talking about you know going through full range what do you constitute training to failure on an accessory do you consider it failure once you can't do a full rep or once you can't do partials or i was chatting to this with eli the other night well david Bernie. uh what i constitute a fa- as a failure as david the other day he didn't get 11 reps on bench so he failed <laughs> the session we love yeah. you david <laughs> he failed at powerlifting <laughs> yeah, but, so <laughs> that's a good example though because like in a bench when you fail you can't get it to the top whereas in something like a row or a lap yeah. pull down 
you fail on the way down if you can't complete that range. So I would mm. con- consider if you can touch your chest every rep on, on a lat pull down and then on, say, rep 11, you can't get it to your chest, that's a failure. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't keep going and do partials. Yeah. So I like I'd count partials as beyond the point of failure. What about in terms of training for hypertrophy? When would you get uh, someone to stop their set? At that, like I, w- I wouldn't go beyond failure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big, I subscribe to the, like Mike Isretel camp of team full ROM and um, using RIR and, yep. and training close to true RIR, but very rarely going to actual failure. But I, I'll lean into that for smaller muscle groups that recover well, like biceps or red yep. delts or stuff like that. There, um, I've got some face-to-face clients that I like. Some just some people just don't have the co- coordination to understand where the body is in, is in space. A lot of the time, obviously, they're progressing and they're getting better. But what I do, uh, it's a bit of a dick move. I don't do this all the time, but I say the rep doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I'm counting the reps, we're like eight. You're still on eight, and it creates that a little bit of a you know. Then they have to start thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. And then they've got a little mm-hmm. bit of an understanding of what they're doing, and it's oh, like, yeah. wait, I didn't do this. Okay, cool. To earn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. earn the rep. Mm. Yeah, nice. like that. Yeah, same. Because um, the the less experienced people, they'll get technical failure before mechanical failure. Like they they just they'll lose, which is the same thing. I mean, I hate it when people try and make it sound like it's really different. Tec- technical failure is just when a part of technique is letting you down, like your shoulder loses position or whatever, which is because of strength ultimately. But if you're trying to train a particular muscle group. <coughs> Excuse me, and the technical failure lets you down first. That's kind of saying, well, you might have more left in that muscle. Uh, but intermediate people will, will just get real sloppy towards the end, and that's kind of like their their failure. Whereas, it, as you get more experience, you can get to true muscular failure, which sucks. <laughs> yes, that's um, that's pretty much us. All nice. Right. We got anything to talk shit about it here? Yeah. Did you? Bring up any cool like Reddit would you rather's? Any trivia? Any You've quizzes? You've had three weeks now. You've known every oh week. No. We ask oh. about this every week. Oh, you didn't, is, did you? No. This is no. like CJ with his gratefuls. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> I didn't know Not prepared for coming. <laughs> oh, God. I'm hearing a lot of shit talk from uh, <laughs> from a lot of people that don't contribute to the uh, <laughs> the uh, planning oh, of the podcast. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realise this was meant to be a group effort. <laughs> Be like CJ complaining. Well, none of you guys are filming. <laughs> Do you know what's true. funny? I remember ages ago I complained about. It. I'm like, oh, I need you guys to help me with this. And then Thomas goes, "Well, you put what you thinks in there, and then we'll add to it." <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever added to it. <laughs> I think I said something once. <laughs> once. Oh gosh. All right, we'll leave it there. See you all at nationals. Love you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.